Welcome to The Moon in Your Mind with your hosts, Chelsea Winter and Alyssa Ray. We are on a mission to build a community of empowered individuals to stay curious in their work, their relationships, and daily lives. By interviewing experts in uniting astrology and psychology, we will hold the space to connect you to new wisdom, unique stories, and insightful resources for you to cultivate your best human experience. Let's get curious. You guys, we are so excited to share with you our newest offering, the Cosmic Consulting Program. We are combining my wisdom of astrology and Alyssa's background in somatic psychology to support you in finding more authentic alignment and embodiment in your life. As your cosmic consultants, we will provide you with a juicy and actionable natal chart reading, a consultation session with both Alyssa and myself, as well as a nourishing somatic coaching session with Alyssa. And... If you wanted to go even deeper, we are also offering two add-ons that you can choose from, a personalized journal or a personalized meditation crafted by Alyssa and myself based on your chart, consultation, and coaching session to continue diving deep into this work. Or you can just choose both. If you're ready to get started, shoot me an email at chelsea at themooninyourmind.com and we'll schedule a consult. We can't wait to support you on your journey. Hello, everyone. Today, we get to sit with Crystal of Insightfully Crystal. She is a professionally trained esoteric astrologer, a soulful mentor, and an approachable teacher on a lifelong quest to learn and explore what we humans need in order to ride the waves of life with an open mind and an open heart. Crystal is fascinated by knowledge, both what is known and measurable with a rational mind and what is unknown and unexplainable with a rational mind. She believes we need both in order to find balance in our human experience. Welcome, Crystal. Thanks for coming. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. We're so excited. And so we always start talking about our sun, moon, and rising. And so you are an astrologer, so I'm going to let you kind of talk about it. I don't want to put words in your mouth. So you sent over your sun is in Capricorn, and then your moon and rising is in Gemini. So tell us Mm -hmm. a little bit about how that shows up. Also, if you have any other signatures in your chart, you know, like what's important to you in your chart and what shows up. Yeah, this is weird as the astrologer <laughs> talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's very different, right? <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, I'm like, hmm, hold on now. Yeah. Um, yeah, as a Capricorn sun, I think I definitely exude a lot of those attributes. <laughs> Earth qualities are important to me. But I will say growing up and reading the Capricorn sun, things didn't really hit home for me because I'm like, I don't know if I hit every trait when they speak to those Capricorn sun qualities being so rigid and boring as some people like to say about (laughs) us. But when I started learning my astrology and the the double Gemini moon and rising, I'm like, ah, that's why I'm a fun Capricorn. I'm funny. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it made a lot of sense on why I was more talkative than the average Capricorn, more friendly and approachable. And I learned that I had a lot of Scorpio and Plutonian things going on in my chart, mm. not getting technical. And that explained why most people would approach me about their deeper, darker things. And growing up, I like never understood why people would just want to share this stuff with me. Um, so that was really helpful. <laughs> to learn that part and why I always resonate with like a lot of Scorpio things as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always feel like the Scorpio, I always laugh whenever somebody says that they're like, I don't know why people always like share these things with me. And I like, I don't know why, but I just have this image of like you grocery shopping 
or like anybody grocery shopping and like a total stranger coming up and being like, here are my deepest, darkest secrets. And it's like, <laughs> I didn't even get your name. I like, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's so Scorpio, like just having an experience like that. You're like, oh my God, I guess nice to meet you, but thank you for telling me everything about you. Yeah, it happens often. <laughs> I can just be throwing my trash out and my neighbor decides to share their day and all of, all of the things that took place. I'm like, oh, Solid. nice to meet you here on the side of the house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're, you know, comfortable sharing yeah. that with me. But yeah, that's why I liked astrology though. When I learned all of these things, I'm like, oh, I can better engage with it instead of just being dumbfounded yeah. <laughs> when they just like, spilled all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Thank you. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like it definitely helps. I'm sure being an astrologer and also having that knowledge and that language and becoming comfortable with those conversations. I feel like doing readings, even, you know, I'm an astrologer too and doing readings, like sometimes people come with some deep things and I'm, I do not have like any Scorpio in my chart. So it is definitely taking me Mm. some time to get used to (laughs) some of that like deep, dark stuff. Uh, So it's nice you at least had like a little bit of an affinity for it in your chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of explained why I didn't really like the chit chat part of my double Gemini sign. <laughs> like I can obviously do the easy chit chat kind of thing, but I really prefer to go deeper with things. Maybe not right off the bat. Like sometimes it happens with people sharing that, but it kind of just shed light on these are my natural skill sets. It's what people find approachable within me. And so it kind of set me on a journey to figure out if this is going to be my direction with astrology, and this is usually the theme that I'm, you know, or the wheelhouse I'm working in, how can I better equip myself? So I started doing a lot of healing work on the grief level for me so that I, I could actually hold space for people and not bring my stuff into that dynamic, but then also so I can better support them. But not to say that I am, you know, like a grief mentor. It's just, I'm bringing my experience into the consultations with my clients so that I can show them, Hey, there is, there's a way through, (laughs) you know? Um, and you don't always have to like carry that weight of, of your pain, but yeah, it's, um, it's been a journey trying to figure out how to get comfortable with that aspect of myself. And when I found my astrology chart, I realized this was like the crucial piece that I was missing within my own self and how I could show up in the world and be more authentic. And weave that deeper part of myself too, because I would cut it off and most people don't want to go that deep or they're going way too deep right off the start. So I'm like, I'm not either one of these. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's what's really helped me shift my, my practice and like how I want to work with people. Cause I'm, I'm in the middle of a (laughs) rebrand to like (laughs) launch my new offerings and services. And so a lot of what we're talking about is like geared to what's about to come out so that I can actually work with people in the way that I want since it's been a few years of doing one-on-one consultations and kind of figuring out what I really enjoy and feel I bring more of my strengths to. So again, more Scorpio, (laughs) just trying to create more space for people so we can go deep. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Well, and on that note too, I'd love to kind of hear your background and history and how you came to be in this space and in this world and express yourself in these ways. Yeah. So I would say I wasn't really tuned in with my Gemini self most of my life. I was kind of a wallflower. I was pretty quiet, had tons of thoughts and questions, but never said them. 
because all of my earth was like, like you don't know enough and you're not an expert and you're a child. So like you can't speak up, even though the Capricorn always feels like the adult in the room. And I also was, um, I had weight issues as a kid. I struggled with, you know, that and my like appearance. And so that, you know, I was really shy. I didn't really embrace my full expression until I got into college. And even then, I think it was just touching the surface. And all throughout that time, I had experienced a lot of death in my life. My father passed away when I was 11. And consecutively after that, for the next seven to eight years, I kept losing a lot of my um, close family members, like all of my grandparents, several aunts and uncles. Yeah. And that led all the way up until I was like 25. I left college, thought I was going to go to grad school, literally two days into the drive, moving to Florida. I found out about my grandmother who had dementia. She was the last living relative on my father's side. And they're like, some dude's like, hey, uh, we're going to need you to figure out what to do with your grandmother. Do you want the state to come in and take over? Do you want to get involved? And so I put everything on hold and I just took care of her. And that was the, I guess I would say the straw that broke the camel's back. (laughs) After that, it was like, um, I need to take care of myself. I need to heal. And I never really had a framework or a system to either understand myself, the things I was going through. As a 25-year-old being a legal guardian and caregiver, there was no one I could turn to for general advice. They're like, I've never been through that. (laughs) Or, you know, even people who are like 60 or 65, like they still didn't experience that with their parents. It was really hard. And that's when I found Ram Dass and yoga. And it really helped me open up this philosophical side to life and really find meaning beyond like the identification to what was going on with me and my, my life. And it kind of helped me start the healing process. I wouldn't say it was like done, but it was like, oh, okay, let's, we've opened the door. (laughs) And I think that was the biggest turning point in my life. It eventually led me to astrology, which really deepened my understanding and helped me understand my role with being like the last living relative representing my paternal side and what that legacy means for me and what I can leave behind for that. And also it identified a lot of holes and gaps that I still needed to take care of, especially with the healing side, seeing all that Scorpio and Pluto in my chart. It was like, this is my priority for sure. And I was doing what most people do, distract, numb Mm -hmm. out, escape, suppress, nothing wrong. You know, life is more important. Eh, We get, you know, more distance you have from those, those grief events. It's kind of like, well, it happened so long ago. Why turn back? And it was then when I was working with people, it was right around, um, right before the pandemic, but people, I guess, were really starting to have a hard time and people were really showing up with, um, some serious stuff. And that's when I had to put a pause on like doing any sort of work. I couldn't take on their stuff because it was magnifying the stuff I'd yet to look at within myself. And that's when I turned to the grief recovery method. And I worked with someone for six weeks to really go deep and kind of connect a lot of things from my past to how I was expressing and showing up in my current life. And so I was able to, I would say, complete a lot of those emotional processes tied to the loss so that it's not really so attached to my identity in the world. And there's some distance between that. And it's helped me be able to really get into the nuances of other people's losses 
and, you know, death or whatever it is, significant change and transformation that just happens in life and finding a voice in that and empowerment in that rather than centering the world around that pain, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Tangent, but I have a lot of air, guys. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I could listen to you talk nonstop. I think everything you said, I resonated with a lot. And first, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm really you. sorry for all of the losses that you had. It, it seems like oh, it was you. tremendous. And, and like you said, I don't know that everyone experiences something like that. And it seems like you've really turned it into a power and turned it into a, your purpose in that sense. And it resonates why Ramdas kind of came to you in that sense. You know, he. Especially at the end of his life, he was very focused on that, like death, not dualship, but like kind of similar to that, right? And so I wonder how you still utilize his mentorship in that way. Oh, I do. He's at the crux of everything. I I center my work around. I quote him Mm -hmm. often. I reference him often. And I use it to contextualize what I'm doing in my work when I'm, I'm working with people in that way. And it was funny when I did come across him way back when I almost wanted to become, I think it's a trending term now, a death doula, where I would actually work with people all the way through the end of that journey. But as my journey continued on, I realized there's more of a caveat there rather than trying to help people before they get to that end point. So then all of these regrets don't show up at that stage. Like I witnessed with my grandmother who had six planets in Scorpio. So if you want to talk about generational astrology (laughs) patterns, she experienced a lot of death as well. And you could tell that she didn't heal a lot of that. She took it on as part of her conditioning and treated people based off of that pain rather than, and she like projected it outwards. And in the last, you know, phase of her life, she wasn't the nicest woman. And a lot of her healing that could have been done was really brought up in the, you know, in a triggered way for her. She was also going through dementia. So there's like that nuance there too. But I learned so much in that I had to detach myself from her personal experience and learn not to take everything so offensively. So learning the neurobiology behind dementia really helped me hold space for her in a way where I didn't have to take that on. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it was kind of painful to hear certain comments or something like that, but it was easier for me to objectify that and still be able to withstand the like emotional trigger she was going through and ride that wave out with her. And I think that was the start of me seeing that maybe I couldn't do that for her in that moment because it was like a little late in that stage for her. But it showed me that While I wasn't connecting with her on an intellectual level to help her understand, I was showing it through my actions. And towards the end, I could really tell that like that meant something to her. She was a very cold woman. And so there were little markers that she would show me where I'm like, I I know even though she can't cognitively tell me, she's very appreciative that I'm still I'm still showing up. I'm not just leaving her in a home and I'm not going to check in on her and and be an advocate for her and her well-being. And so after I processed a lot of that, I realized, okay, well, maybe we don't want to be doing exactly that again, (laughs) but we can allude to some of that and speak to that before people get to that part of their journey. Or perhaps when they are working or, you know, their own parent or loved one gets to that stage and they can kind of maybe 
use the understanding of themselves to better navigate that situation and not take it as personal, you know, kind of loosen the grip around it a little bit and just kind of see, well, what is this teaching me or offering me in the moment so that I can drop into more of a compassionate role for this person? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So your foundation was curiosity in a big way. I'm just like, how can I kind of transform yeah. this differently and look at this differently? And I think that kind of opens up to a bigger layer. What seems like a foundation of your work is not like the whole what's known to the rational mind and what's unknown and whatnot. And for me, what resonates with that is the whole idea that we're more than just our human form, right? Like there's that energy exchange, there's a spiritual exchange, but as modern humans, we've stepped away from that so deeply. And and Ram Dass's work was obviously really founded in like, how do we step back into that and and balance all of that out? And it seems like with your grandma, especially when you were able to at least hold that container for yourself in in your relationship with her, she kind of adjusted differently too. And, And again, maybe not in a verbal way or an intellectual way, but just in a whole different relational way. Right, right. Which also kind of, you know, I'm a, I'm a very cerebral person. So it dropped me into that space, like in the heart space, you know, which is something that normally I'm trying to avoid when I'm in those situations. But so it was one of my first experiences after having all of those losses leading up to it. It was like, there is a way to detach enough and stay compassionate in the situation without totally having to remove yourself and then, you know, suppress everything that's trying to want to come up, you know? So there were moments where, you know, something that might totally bring someone to their knees, I tried to find humor in the situation. And I tried to zoom out into that soul-like perspective and be like, no, she's she's still here. She's still here. And I had to find the essence of her rather than the verbal communications and her little laughs or, you know, whatever, her little nose crinkles she used to do. Some of those dissipated and it kind of happens when, when you start to get that, you know, dementia is setting in with all these different symptoms and traits and qualities that aren't true to who they are. So you really have to look hard and past the external exterior and find it deep within and keep reminding yourself of that when they're showing up as someone, you're like, this isn't who I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though this was in the context of dementia, it makes it a little bit easier to move through that. It helped me show me that I can do that with other people that, A, maybe I don't agree with them, but I can stay in that discomfort and still try to be open-minded because I am curious. Maybe that perspective or that experience has something to teach me that I I would never have known otherwise. But if I immediately just got emotionally reactive to it and shut myself off or cut myself off, who's to say what I would be missing out on? And I think the biggest shift that happened to me through all of my healing work is that I went from the cerebral side to the heart side and then found a way to hold both. And doing that through the lens of that soul perspective has been like the biggest game changer for me. And I didn't really come from a very religious background. My family was, but my core little unit, we didn't go often. So I didn't have that like built in framework to constantly like, oh, you know, whatever psalm I could reference, I didn't have any of that to kind of comfort me or nurture myself. And so when Ram Dass kind of opened that door for me and really gave me that perspective and then astrology bringing in a framework and nuance for it, 
it was like, wow, here's the action plan. Here's the strategy with how to move through the world and engage with people of all walks of life and not lose yourself in those, those interactions, no matter which way they go. And usually because of my Scorpio nature, it's usually an uncomfortable type of conversation, usually on, you know, the healing side that they're needing to do, but it doesn't mean there aren't provocative conversations or some sort of conflict just in my personal life. And so I can see where it's that one big event has helped me show up in all of these different ways of life as well. And I weave that into my work with others, which I think is very important, especially in this like climate we're in, um, where everything is very like eggshelly and you just want to make sure you're saying the right thing. And then if you piss someone off, you're canceled. And it's like, how can we maybe still hold space to have a conversation and a dialogue and stay in that detached mindset so we can still converse and stay in our heart space at the same time being like, I see you beyond that human exterior. And even though I don't agree with how things might be expressed or how you're navigating things, that's your soul journey. And who am I to say to you're doing it wrong? Don't do that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just been, um, it's actually been fun (laughs) in a weird way. (laughs) Like I enjoy this stuff. (laughs) So yeah. That's awesome. And so what are some of like the tools and techniques that you use when you're trying to, you know, not get in the way of that and be able to express that like conflict management maybe or working with a client that triggers you or there's that like hardship that you're processing? What are some of the things that you do to kind of step into that space? Yeah. So for like personally, when, you know, there's things going on, I have some some tools. So I definitely lean on that grief recovery stuff. Um, there's a lot of practices that are like evidence-based. I think that's a big thing that I like to do while, you know, astrology and philosophy is all like in the mind, but how do you bring it down to the ground and like apply it? That's when I bridge over to these like evidence-based things. So it's usually grief recovery to help me kind of understand what is this grief event, whether it's a loss of expectations or a move, someone moved, whatever. How is this tied to something in my past? And this is just bringing it up to the surface for me to review and use this current experience to deepen my understanding. Mm -hmm. So I usually take a lot of time to myself to contemplate, especially when I'm in, when there's like, um, you know, with my partner, maybe we get into some sort of heated debate. I need to take time. I also weave in my human design. I need to ride the wave, wait for clarity. If I'm in the peak emotional wave, now's not the time to probably find a a solution. Let me just kind of be in my emotions for a second and also understand what I'm really feeling because I can take on a lot within my environment. I just kind of need to reset and then I can kind of calmly go through my mind. What, what, A, what was it that like I just got upset about? Was it even about them or is it tied to something else? How can I use my astrology to help me maybe see what my soul is wanting to learn from that? And then what are some practical steps to go and deliver that communication to my loved one? And I would say I take a similar approach with my work, although maybe in the moment I can't be like, can we pause your reading while I go <laughs> ride my wave? Um, But I try to bring in that perspective right up at the front with my clients so that they're aware that we might actually discuss some things that get sticky. But I think a big part, I don't ever really run into issues. And I think a big part of it is my Gemini side that kind of brings some levity to the 
triggering things or the provocative things. So it makes it easier to want to unpack. And I think I give off like a very comfortable energy. So they're more, they don't sense that I'm being threatening. So they're, you know, their guard is down a little bit more. But I will say if something ever got super heated, I would say, why don't we, you know, put a hold on this conversation and come back and finish it when we both had a moment to kind of just sit still and reset. But fortunately, I've never really had anything like that come up. Um, I feel like I'm attracting the right yeah. person. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, sure. yeah. It makes it a little bit easier that way, <laughs> which is yeah, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I would love to hear more about like, your training and and background in grief recovery and how you came to formulate this work and services that you offer people. Yeah. So I found it when I was going through a peak wave of grief, like things were just, I'm sure most people realize once you shove things off, eventually it's going to come back through something. (laughs) And there was a big wave of that. And it it took me down to the point where I was becoming like a recluse. And I'm like, this isn't great. So I, I just knew it needed to be grief because I, it just kept coming back to my father. It kept coming back and every consecutive loss was just stacking on to that one first one that I never processed. So I just researched someone. I found grief recovery and then I found someone who facilitates that. And I worked and mentored with her for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. From there, she became a really good friend and colleague. And we're combining, we're currently combining our work so that her grief expertise is blended in with the self-discovery piece, among other things. But those would be the two wheelhouses that were kind of merging. And so I wouldn't say I'm completely trained. I'm not like a certified person who can move through that with you, but I've learned a lot of techniques and practices and then also just lessons learned that I feel like it was really helpful for the conversations that are naturally brought to me through my work. And I will say one other tool that came to me during that time was a tool called Heart Math, which is all about dropping into the heart space and finding coherence between the mind and the heart. And it's a form of meditation so that even when you are in a heated conflict with someone, you can come back to the heart center and in the moment practice some of their evidence-based techniques. So you can Mm -hmm. stay true to yourself, not lose yourself in the moment and still be able to engage without having to have this huge emotional reaction. While that takes time, the whole goal of their methodology is to try to create that coherence in any situation. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I also like to weave in. And I wouldn't say I'm trained in that either, but that's kind of my Gemini self. Like I'm not an expert in any of it. I'm just sharing my tools and my resources that have helped me. (laughs) And I can connect with the right people and weave in some of the important concepts. But yeah. I'd like to argue too that you are more trained than someone who just went through training because you have experienced all of this yourself, right? Like I think I think education is important, obviously. However, when we as humans have experienced something, it is our greatest gift to share that with people. So I think it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. And yeah, it's such an honorable place to be. So I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate you recognizing that. I know that you said earlier that you're kind of going through this rebrand and this transition right now. So as much or as little as you're willing to tell us, I'm very curious kind of what's happening for you. Yeah. So, um, lots of stuff. Let's see. 
After four years of consultations one-on-one, I quickly realized, not quickly, it took me a little bit of time, I realized that one-off consultations just aren't my jam. I want to go deeper with people and I want to work with people who are really committed to their growth and their personal development. And so I'm shifting how I work with people. So I won't be the astrologer where you can just have your transit reading or your synastry reading or just let's just quickly dive into your chart. I kind of want to do it in more of a mentorship guidance type of way. So if you're really wanting to drop in and like swim deep into the existence of who you are, I'm setting up packages that really give us that time and that space to unpack that, go have some experiential, you know, events play out, apply some of what we've learned. We'll come back, check in and just keep diving in. So that's one thing that I've learned that I wanted to shift with this rebrand. So those are some things that are coming up. I teach for Deborah Silverman. And so I'm wanting to bring some of my teaching qualities into my own personal work. And so there will be a lot more workshops and I don't like the word lecture, but, you know, casual chats, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Like that. I'll also be bringing in my colleague, my grief colleague to kind of be a partner in some of that and deepen some of our concepts. And then I'm also reframing how I approach my work. I don't think I've ever really boldly claimed how spiritual I've become in my journey. And so now I've realized a big part of my work that's equally tied to this healing transformation aspect is the conversations of intuition and finding belief beyond something in the material world. And a lot of people come to me who are very practically minded and yet they are very open to hearing my perspective when I mention the soul and I bring in more of a spiritual perspective. And so I've been really seeing myself more as like a trail guide for the soul, if you will. It's just kind of like a a term I'm coming up with to kind of give people that visual of if you're not already in tune with your soul, well, hey, this This approach is really going to put you in touch with that. If you're aware of it, well, then we're going to deepen that and what that truly means. Another thing I'm trying to bring forward and claim more boldly is that I'm really into esoteric science um, beyond just the esoteric astrology. I want to weave in more of the larger concepts that we are referencing in our esoteric astrology and really speak to the holistic worldview that that can give us Mm -hmm. if we try to bridge it all. But in small bite-sized pieces, because it is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm going. That's awesome. And it feels good. I love that. (laughs) And I feel like I just love what you said about, like, not wanting to do the one-off readings anymore. I feel like that's where I live. I do really just, like, natal chart readings. And I feel like it's great. And I think it's definitely like a good step one. It's usually the first time somebody's even like heard some of these things about themselves, the first time they've really like looked at themselves from that lens. But there is always, I'm like, I know for myself, I'm always like, how can we like further this? How can we do more? You know? And so I love that you're like putting together those programs where you can work with people, you know, over a longer time, uh, because I think it is so important to really put those things into practice. I'm sure you re- like maybe you get this too after you get off a reading. You're like, man, there was more I would have loved to have brought in, but it would have been way too much for that reading. And I can't guarantee they're going to come back. And I'm not, I'm not the type of person who's going to constantly put out these like 
funnels and emails and yeah. hey, now's your time for your follow-up mm-hmm. and hey you're about to enter your Saturn return do you want to book a follow-up session like I don't want to do any of that yeah but and I think that's that inspired part of this rebrand is if I can put myself out there in that way maybe it'll start bringing in people who do want to go that deep whether they're already familiar with their astrology or they're just like listen oh, fuck I've tried everything someone referenced you I'm doing it you know whatever it is Someone who really wants to like go through a process, not just a, you know, sit down, water through the fire hose, off you go. And are they really going to apply it and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I love that. And can you, because I'm not 100% familiar with like the difference between astrology and esoteric astrology. So what, what kind of layer is that? Yeah. So there's a lot of systems in astrology. And some systems speak more to the personality and some systems speak more to the soul perspective of our human existence. And esoteric astrology speaks more to that inner world, the soul perspective and what are our essence, our qualities and attributes that we're bringing forward versus the personality, outward expression and those traits that we witness with people. So it's really more nuanced if you're trying to bridge those two together, which is kind of what I'm aiming to do, where most people are coming to me through the personality tunnel of of astrology. And I'm over here like, let's blow your world open and show you how there's even more. And I think esoteric astrology is going to become more and more important because I think people are really waking up to that soul nature with inside of themselves. And eventually they're going to outgrow some of the directives that are given to them in that personality chart. And at least that's something I've experienced for myself and some of my clients. And so it kind of really made me want to go down the rabbit hole of esoteric astrology via Alice Bailey and Alan Oaken and all of these people, but then also just esoteric teachings. And one of my colleagues, Michelle, who's going to be joining me with some stuff, she's trained in esoteric science and hermetics. And so we really get to weave in some of those concepts and um, apply it to astrology and therefore bring it to the ground and show you how you can bring it into your everyday life. Instead of it just being this woo-woo concept that's a mystery school and you have to be an initiate to get in, (laughs) like let's destigmatize some of that. Mm. And especially when, if collectively speaking, we're seeing so many people just kind of waking up in a matter of speaking you know, to to a lot of that so I don't think it should be withheld from the average person and I really want to bring it forward so yeah I love that I love that a lot because so I think too even like the the whole idea of our intuition and tapping into that more and, and being able to call in spirituality because as someone who was I was raised Catholic but when I was in CCD I was told God would never forgive me because I didn't go to church so I like cut off religion for a very long time. That's a whole other story. But it wasn't until honestly, like Ram Das came into my life too. And I was like, oh, there's this whole thing called spirituality. And like, what is this about? And it felt similar to kind of like what you just said, how it's like, there's a stigma of like, I need to be initiated. I need to be a yoga teacher to get into this, or I need to be an astrologer to do that. But it's like, like you said, like, it's welcome to everyone. Like, it's not just welcome to everyone. It is everyone. And like, how do we just like untap that part of ourselves and allow ourselves to go yeah. down that path? Yeah. And it's, wow. Like something came up when you said that. it's so 
empowering, especially when you're coming from that church background. Something I just remembered when you said that it brought to the surface. When I was younger, I have um, at the time I had several pastors in my family and one of them owned a church. And so we went for an event and Christianity was the the faith and they called down people who hadn't been saved yet. And so some of my cousins were like, you know, go down there, you know, and you do the thing. And people were like fainting and, you know, speaking in tongues. And I just remember looking around and like, I just don't feel anything. Does that mean I'm not saved? I'm not going to heaven. Like he doesn't love me. Like wow. you know, I'm like a 10 year old girl. I'm like, not kidding it. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of made me that I re- distinctly remember that was the moment when I started detaching from any of that and felt like, well, I don't belong, obviously. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with me? And while I didn't cognitively and consciously stew on it at that young of an age, it was a seed that was planted in me. And I always felt like not comfortable in those environments because I wasn't feeling and touching the essence of what everyone else was, I guess. And then it wasn't until I found Ram Dass where I was like, there are so many other ways to to gain access to that part. And that's, I got to find my path and my way of connecting with that side of life mm. outside of, yeah, those, those types of environments, if you will. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause even like the term, if you haven't been saved yet, it's like, Oh, are yeah. we all just like full of sin and bad? And yeah. I don't know. I decided that especially as young children, like to have that messaging is, is just so damaging. And and so I think it, it can take people a long time to open up to the fact that there's so much else beyond that, you know, and that like, we don't need saving, like we just need to feel empowered. Like you said, the word empowered is so much more resourceful than some of the other terminology that's mm-hmm. used in different formats. Yeah. Yeah. And I work with a lot of clients who grew up very faithful to the church. And then when they were getting interested in astrology, they learned like, they'll shun me, you know, and they didn't really know how to handle those types of differences, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. I guess we'll say different approaches. And we talk a lot about that all of the time. Like how, how can you find respect for that, but realize there's more to that. Now I'm not trying to offend you and I'm just going my own way and you go your way if that was your path and you're destined to go there, you know, but I think there is a larger conversation that obviously isn't meant for us to maybe unpack, but like, you know, think of how many people are cutting themselves off from their spiritual side because they grew up in a way where they didn't feel like they were embraced for who they were and they weren't doing things correctly. So it wasn't, you know, they don't get the chance. Mm. And that just kind of breaks my heart. And I kind of experienced just a smidgen of that. And That's kind of part of why I hope that I can wake people up to that, you know, other side. There is that unknown part and however you want to explore that and contextualize it it still represents that, that other side. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and I think something you said too, just resonated with me a lot in, in the realm of spirituality and religion and just in normal life, but how we are all taught, especially in America, because I have some friends from like Europe and they're like, you guys are crazy. But how (laughs) there's like one perspective and one opinion and like everyone's like trying to gather people to just believe in their perspective and their opinion and their religion and their belief system. And it's like, it doesn't just have to be one way. Like, why can't I can live my life and, and my perspectives and my opinions. And as long as I'm not causing harm to anyone or anything, that's okay. 
Same thing with you. You can live your perspective, your opinion, as long as it's not causing harm, go for it. But I think we're so ingrained in this fact that like, this is why it has to be. And if you don't go out in this boat, like you're off. But for me, like that's what spirituality has given me. It's like my spirituality can look different than yours, can look different than Chelsea's, can look different than anyone listening, right? And it's all okay. It's all acceptable. It's just how are we relating to our mind, body, spirit, energy, how we're relating to the earth, to each other and like building that empowerment piece up. And yeah, I just think it's, we need to work on that, especially in America. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think that was another thing that I was really grateful for in my childhood. My best friend who I've known since I was four, she's Jewish. And I used to go to the synagogue with her every week. I'd go to her Hebrew school then just let me join. You That's know? awesome. <laughs> I had to take the, the test for the alphabet and I would go with her just for, you know, Shabbat, like all of these things. And I was just equally fascinated by, you know, even though I didn't feel like I, I was saved, I still found interest in that perspective. And just as I did when I would go hang out with my friend and I started to realize as I got older, I'm interested in a very you know, diverse amount of things, because I find that they help you, you know, all the different perspectives add up to the whole. And I'm always wondering, what do I not know? Like, I don't know what I don't know. And so if something piques my interest, I'm going to go down that kind of rabbit hole just to explore it and see what it has to offer me. And if I start to tread down that path, and I'm like, hard no, well, then I'll turn around. But usually, as I started to you know, go through school, I started really befriending a lot of people of different backgrounds. And the one thing I started to realize is there's a commonality between all of these different perspectives and frameworks with how people, you know, connect with their faith. And I think that's one thing that I wish people would probably zoom out just a little bit is it's all just another doorway. Your doorway might be Christianity. Theirs might be Judaism. Theirs might be, you know, Islam, like whatever it is there's still some fundamental principles that all of those are built on. And maybe that's what we should probably focus on rather than all of the fluff that it's packaged in, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I love <laughs> yeah. that. We're all humans doing our best, right? Like, <laughs> and I feel like at the yeah. core of all these religions, at the core of spirituality, it's just about trying to be uh, like the best person you can be, right? Like, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. If we just spent a little more time understanding people and speaking to people, I think we would all be a lot more forgiving and understanding of each other instead of, like Alyssa said, this duality of, like, like I'm right, you're wrong, and that's it. And there's no discussion and there's no middle ground. I think it's uh, important to try and find that and realize we have more in common than I think we think we do. Yeah, yeah. Instead of taking this and or approach, it can be both and, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's a big... um, like undercurrent in my work is like, how can this work help people create a mind that can hold more complexity and nuance and more gray area so that they can just move through the world in a more accepting way rather than constantly having to put it in a category of black or white, black or white, black or white, which is also just equally as exhausting. Like how much mental energy does that kind of take in the background just to kind of be so irritated that they're wrong, you're right, they're wrong. And then you have all these, like, you're harboring all of these, like, strong emotions about who people you perceive to be wrong when really you, you're not walking in their shoes. You don't know what led them to find that framework or that belief or what their, how their upbringing maybe conditioned them. So maybe just find a little bit more 
compassion for the human experience rather than like shaming everyone for them not doing it your way. Um, yeah, you can tell I feel very like passionate about this topic. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Well, and at the foundation of it, again, it's kind of like being curious, right? Like being curious about other people, being curious about ourselves and like, why do we feel like it has to be one way? Why do we feel like it can't be bendable, you know, and, and fluid? And yeah, I just think we, we obviously here at the moon in your mind think curiosity is important. So it's one of the foundations. Yeah. yeah. Well, Gemini moon and rising, I was born asking, but why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, kind of on that note too, how do you stay curious? in your life and and what kind of keeps you curious? Good question. I feel like I just ask a lot of questions. I'm kind of just, I love to follow the breadcrumbs of my questions and just kind of get lost in those rabbit holes until I feel like I've absorbed enough. I'm also just, I operate under the assumption of, I don't know what I don't know. And so I need to either go within and kind of find those answers or seek those things that can help me find those answers. I'm also, I just like to take on like a playful like mindset and just kind of treat everything like an experiment and I don't know what'll come out of it. So let's just have some fun and see. (laughs) (laughs) And if it doesn't end up being fun, then that was my cue probably not to follow that bread. (laughs) Let's not repeat that experiment then. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I have a Mercury in Aquarius, so I'm always like, it's kind of like a mad scientist in my head. And so I think blending that with my Gemini side is kind of like everything is scientific and an experiment and let's just collect data and see what the patterns show us. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. I think it's just my nature. That's really cool. Very awesome. So you seem to have a lot going on. You have a lot of transitions coming up, which is exciting. But where where can people find you? What can they like expect and, and how can they connect with you? So you can find me at insightfullycrystal.com, although the rebrand site is not out yet. Yeah. <laughs> Then there's Instagram at Insightfully Crystal. I'm a little quiet on there right now because I'm working behind the scenes to change how I show up there as well. And at the end of March, there's going to be a free three-part lecture series with me and my colleague, Michelle, where we're going to be talking about change and the essence of life and kind of setting up this conversation of how do we you know, as a human society, how do we actually relate to change and navigate that or not? (laughs) So it'll be really fun. I'm super excited. And there will be future kind of workshops building off of that just to deepen the conversation. And you'll see my new ways to work with me on the side. Yay! (laughs) So exciting. That's awesome. Before we end for today, is there anything else that you want to share with everyone? I feel like um, when humans know better, they do better. And so maybe let that be an invitation to get to know yourself better on a deeper level and operate off the assumption that you don't know everything and keep asking yourself, what is it I'm not seeing in this situation or this experience? Or what is it I do need to help me see better? And that would be my biggest kind of like, if you could take anything away from this episode, let it be that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love Love it. Ending on a beautiful message. 
That's perfect. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a treat. And I know everyone's going to be connecting with you. So I'm so excited to see this new upcoming transition for you. So thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure chatting with you both. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and showing up with curiosity. We are so grateful to have you in our community. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this episode and follow us over on Instagram and TikTok at the moon in your mind. See you next time.